The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for a victory edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. Memphis gets a big 15-10 win over Ole Miss to start off the 2019 season. I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeal Sports columnist. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger Football beat writer. Jason Munns, our Tiger Basketball beat writer and part-time football savant. Um, you say so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Memphis gets the big win over an SEC team. They're going to play Southern this week. Southern University. Southern University. Mighty Southern. Southern the Jaguars. Yes. Well, whose band might be better than their football. Probably better than oh, their football. But they are team. just Easily. because they're the best band in the country. I mean, Easily. let's be honest yes. here. No so doubt. really... You're there for the halftime show. Would you, do and we think not, there'll that, be a post-game drumline like at the Southern Heritage Classic? I would love it because I might show up late to the press conference just to watch. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. not putting down Southern's football team by any stretch. Their band is that freaking good. They have a nickname. They're the Human Jukebox. I mean, you yeah. got to live up to that name, and they yeah. do. Yeah. Interesting. I've seen them before, and they're 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 goosebumps. I mean, it's it's fantastic. I saw them 15 years ago this winter before the Bayou Classic, and it was the most fun I've had at an event in a long time. Yep. Well, I don't think it's going to be fun for their football team. Enough about the band. Yeah. Um, let's let's recap what we saw in this season opener, uh, Memphis Ole Miss. Um, it was different than really any big game Memphis has won in the past during this little five-year run that they've had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense really came through, played a great game in Adam Fuller's first game as defensive coordinator. Uh, the offense kind of had its struggles, um, kind of got going in fits and starts. They did deliver some big first downs late in the game to, to ice the game away, but it really felt like this game was won on that safety by Bryce Huff. Uh, to make it 15-10 when it looked like Ole Miss was gonna, you know, starting to claw its way back in the game, um, and it cut the deficit to 13-10. Evan, what was the most impressive part about the defense to you? I thought just how they swarmed, uh, swarmed to the ball. I mean, they looked more aggressive. I mean, Ole Miss, I think, converted only one third down. They were one for ten on third down. That was pretty impressive. But that's something that Adam Fuller was known for in Marshall. He was known for third down defense. He was known for um, not allowing a hundred yard rusher during the entire season. And Ole Miss had only eighty yards rushing. I mean, that was the most impressive. Negative one in the first half. Negative one. When, when has Ole Miss ever had negative one yards for a half? Well, that's a good question. question. Yards. Yards. Yeah. Still a good question. Yeah. Maybe never. Yeah. So I thought the defensive front was excellent. They played, they swarmed to the ball. They looked exactly like what Adam Fuller told me. He said it would be a, a unit you could feel the energy from, and I thought you could feel it. And really, I could probably count on one hand how many plays they looked, they gave up running the ball that were significant because they just owned it up front. Well, and they, they really limited the big plays that have killed them in previous years. I What I loved about their aggression is – you saw it early when Landre Thomas came in for a sack. They were blitzing in more creative ways than you saw this defense do in previous years. And it was just really refreshing to watch. Now, we'll see. The The big caveat with all this is how good was is Ole Miss? Um, 
They're an SEC team, obviously, so I, I don't think you totally discount it. Right. But they also, to me, looked like one of the worst SEC teams in the country. And so that's what made the offensive performance a little discouraging in that Brady White kind of looked like the Brady White we remember. There was not He did not look like he had taken a step. Up right. in terms of his ability or his execution the offensive line now part of what contributed to that was the offensive line was not as good as last year's and I don't think anyone was expecting it to be as good as last year's but they had trouble containing that Ole Miss pass rush um, yeah and yeah. so that's something to keep an eye on what they luckily have here now though with Southern and then even South Alabama. I know South Alabama played someone tougher than expected, correct? Yeah, I think they lost maybe by two scores, something like that. And it was but it was like a one score yeah, Nebraska. They Nebraska, lost yeah. to Nebraska thirty five twenty one, but it was a one score game going into the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah. So they actually looked better than expected. They're scrappy. I mean they're always scrappy, South Alabama. They're always I mean they beat uh Mississippi and it's a road State. game. Yeah. But yeah. you'd hope you've got two games here, certainly this southern game to kind of clean up some things, get a rhythm going offensively. Um, I, I I joked with Jason, you know, this this is the week the offense gets back on track against the swag. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's um, you have yeah. to think so. Yeah, I, I mean, and I mean, I, the one thing that I would say besides Brady White's um, not taking a step forward, that I think just killed the offense uh this past saturday was the penalties yeah. yeah i mean i mean who knows what this offense could have done without all those penalties and it wasn't just the number of penalties it was how critical they were as far as timing was concerned i mean there was three or four i was pointing out to evan in the press box there was there was three or four that they would they would get a first down inside Ole miss territory roughly somewhere between the 35 and 45 and immediately get a penalty. Now, on the other side of that, I would say their first touchdown drive wouldn't have happened without a stupid Ole Miss penalty. Two, yeah, yeah. two Ole Miss um, penalties on that stage. There was two on that drive, yeah. So, I- I'm curious. A roughing, we- a roughing the passer, yeah. I believe, and then maybe well, – I can't remember what the other one was, but yeah. uh, it, was a, it was a roughing the passer It was another 15-yard penalty. Yeah, it was oh, maybe a face mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to the face yeah. mask. No, what will be interesting – I now, I do think they're going to clean up the offense. I have a sneaking suspicion, though – this offense just is not going to be quite the same as the last two I'll years. Agree. No. Um, there's just not the same explosive explosiveness, it appears. And then you don't have a quarterback. Like, I'm not on this whole train of, like, there was someone who wanted to bench Brady pretty much as soon as the game started on my Twitter feed. Yeah. And I'm not on that train, but I also don't think he's just not a guy who's going to carry an offense. That's just not who he is, it appears. Yeah. And so what will be interesting is can – I think the defense is going to have – maybe not at quite the level they played at this past week every week, but for this team to be as successful as fans are hoping it will be, they're going to have to get that sort of effort from the defense, something close to that, I think – in the big games all the time because I just don't I don't think this is going to be a top five top ten in the country offense no I, I think maybe no. with some bells and whistles yeah. with Norvell's 
acumen. Maybe he can get it to be a top 30 offense, something like that. But, like, there's no shame in that. No. But it's just not going to be the same Yeah, it's not going to look. Yeah. At least what I saw on Saturday. Yeah, if they get into a shootout, there's going to be problems. Yes. If they, if they If it gets into a game like years past where – if they're going to win, they're going to have to score 10 touchdowns. They're going to have to yeah. grind some stuff out. Like that drive at the end of the game, I think, was a good precursor of what this offense is going to have is to, do. Going yeah. to become. Yeah. It's going to be a more of a grinded out. It's going to be different than any Mike Norvell offense here at Memphis prior to this. Which, I mean, should. If and if they can win like that, that would speak, I think, even more to, to Mike say. Norvell as a coach. That's exactly what I was going to say. Two years ago, winning with this pass-happy offense featuring Riley Ferguson and Anthony Miller to Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor, but but still explosive, and then now to more of a uh, sort of vanilla. Yeah, I don't know about vanilla, but just like you know, grinded out. Yeah, yeah. Defense leads the way type of team. Now, will it ultimately become like I think their numbers will be okay because. There's some games here, like this Southern game. Like they're gonna rack up some yards and points here for sure, easily. I would think. Padding some stats, hope. but like yeah. when they play Navy in a few weeks, when they gotta go to Temple, when they gotta play Houston and Cincinnati. all that Houston defense yeah. didn't look very good, but Cincinnati, um, they're gonna have to win some twenty to seventeen games. It looks like this year. And you're right. We're gonna find out just how good of a coach Mike Norvell actually is. And and I mean. We saw a little bit of it, like you said. We saw a little bit of it um, this past Saturday. I mean, you saw, you saw him take some chances, and I, I know he's taken some. Ch- he's he's kind of known for pushing the envelope there with for, going for it on fourth down. But I, those going for it on fourth down on that last drive was risky. Um, it was. And it worked yeah. out. Yeah. And it turned out to be the right decision, but took some uh, took some gonads to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take a flip side of what you're saying. I think in a game like Navy, we know Navy's going to be a close game. I think it gives me more confidence for Navy because they can win a tough, grinded-out game against those kind of teams that maybe you know I'm more worried about because we've seen them lose those kind of games. Well, and I think that's why this week was important. Like The fact that they won this game in a totally different fashion than we've come to expect – that that bodes well. I think that's a good sign. Oh, yeah. Regardless of how good or how bad Ole Miss is, like the fact that they won it the way they won it is is pretty encouraging. I you think. know, there's something that actually just occurred to me that is is nothing more than an aside. But how big of a how, how strange is it that now, you know, we we saw Brett McMurphy put Memphis in his top twenty five poll, put him at number twenty, right? Yep. Uh, how That's, yeah we're recording this before the ap poll and the coaches oh yeah come I should, out i should mention um that. i would be surprised if they're in the top 25 this week just because none of the teams ahead of them really lost i'll agree yeah. with that but uh for those memphis fans that want that would you know love to see their team in the top 25 for the rest of the season how big of a fan of Ole miss do they have to be now uh, going yeah, forward to be yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. yeah, I mean, how weird <laughs> must that be for a fan to to like you know go you know go all off season, you know, and and then to be uh, riding high after a win over Ole Miss, but now they got to root for him to be 
actually pretty good. And yeah, because going forward, I mean, we think this will, people are saying this Ole Miss team could win five games. I mean, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure they're going to win five. Yeah, they. I'm, I'm thinking three. they did not look very good. Yeah, no, they will. If they, they're they, playing, if they lose to Arkansas this week, it's going to be. You could be looking season. at like a two and ten team. Yeah. yeah. But they're favored, aren't they? Yes. I, I think Ole Miss is actually favored to yes. win this game this weekend. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So, um, anyone, any injury updates, Evan? There, I know there were a bunch of guys that went down. No, Mike didn't really say anything on Monday about injuries. Um, we know Brian Goodson and Dylan Parham left the game in the fourth quarter. Patrick Taylor did as well. Um, Mike pretty much said that there could be some guys who don't play. There could be some guys who do play. Um, the only thing he was clear about was Everett Cunningham, the D lineman, who I was really high on in preseason camp, should play this weekend, along with maybe Keith Brown, linebacker who had a season-ending injury last year. He could play. Um, Cunningham was dressed, didn't play, but that's the only clarity we have. We may see some on Wednesday when we uh, get our final chance to talk to him. Interesting. And then, uh, what did you think? What did you guys think of the uh, atmosphere on Saturday? Fantastic, incredible. Yeah. I, Mike talked about the Tiger Walk, and I was I was right there next to um, Patty Taylor's family and Dustin Woodard's family, and I just felt the energy just emanating from it. It just seemed like it was way more exciting than years past, um, and the crowd was fantastic. I thought it was. I mean, you were at the UCLA game. How did it compare to that? Well, I thought it's funny. It, the announced crowd was less than the UCLA game a couple years ago. There were more people there than 100%. the UCLA game two years ago. I, I mean, I, I didn't think the number. I thought the number might have come up short a little bit. I don't know exactly how short, but I, it just felt like there were more people than the UCLA game, and they announced like 45 or 46. 44, 44, 107 for this that, game. That was this no, past No, for week. the UCLA oh, game 46. I was talking about. Yeah, 46. Yeah. Um, it just felt like more than the UCLA game, and yeah, so um, it yeah, it was a great showing by Tiger fans. I thought the pregame scene on the field was great. Yep, uh, a lot of former Tigers there: Tony Pollard, Isaac Bruce. Um, so it, it was much more like a a party style atmosphere than I've seen, and I've only been here for this past season. But it felt everybody just it, it felt. Like a good, spirited, happy time. Well, I wrote it in my column. It felt like a lot of people, like a lot of these past Tigers, former Tigers, were there to marvel at what this has sort of become over the last five years. Um, you know, it's not, you know, this is the, obviously the best prolonged period of Memphis football, maybe, probably ever. Mm. And but just in general, the excitement around the program, the optimism around the program, because you've kept this coach and Mike Norvell now for his fourth year, you've got these recruiting classes that are as good as any Memphis has seen. Um, there's a lot of optimism, and you could feel that on the field. And it was, you know, irregardless of the game, like just the the vibe around the program is hard to beat right now yeah um, i will say there last year speaking just from my experience here um there weren't a whole lot of times at home games where the crowd needed to get up you know because the offense was there weren't like turning point moments like palpable turning point moments in games where the crowd needed to be loud and i felt like it was it was a pretty cool thing to see that the crowd felt when they needed to get loud against uh again when you know when memphis was was playing Ole miss they they knew when to get loud and they got loud and and it felt like a like a like a exciting college football game and, and the crowd was into it and even though it was hot 
which apparently it was very hot. Uh, I, I it just it just it was nice to see. Well, the UCF game last year had some moments like that. Yeah, um, yeah, but you all, but in the back of your mind, if you're a fan, you know that the offense is going to get the ball back, and and so there's less of an urgency. Um, I felt like the fans felt more of a sense of urgency when the team when the defense was on the field. They felt more of a sense of urgency that that the defense needed to really make a play here, otherwise the offense might not be able to, you know, the way the offense had looked the rest of the game. Uh, so I don't know. I just it felt it felt it felt good to see that for for Memphis. Yeah, at least for me, like I've been wanting to see a crowd like that. You know, I've heard about the UCLA game, heard about the Navy game. When I watched the Ole Miss game on tape, the crowd just really just felt good. And then when Anthony Miller told me before that he told me that before the Ole Miss game four years ago that the crowd was just. The first thing he noticed was how big that crowd was. So to see that, to see people come in here and fill it up, and then when we left, you see the crowd just kind of standing around, and just the buzz. Like I was still kind of jazzed up from the game because the energy was there. So it was good to see, and I'll be curious kind of what the crowd is for for Southern. It won't be that much, but I'll be curious what what it is kind of riding the waves of that. Yeah, it'll be fascinating, and I'm like I said, I think the big question, not big thing, you want to see other than the Southern band is you want to see this offense have some success against an inferior opponent this week. Um, I want to see Brady White really test downfield. I want to see him throw the ball downfield. This is a game where you can get away with taking some chances and forcing the ball downfield a little bit. I'd like to see him gain some confidence there, even though it's never going to be the main facet of his game but you just want to see him these are the types of games where you want to experiment a little bit and figure out some things yeah i mean you never know what can make a guy turn a corner i mean Mm -hmm. maybe maybe something happens i mean what if he goes out there and goes 20 for 20 and throws for you know 350 yards i mean you never know what can make a guy you know where or a switch gets thrown you know but unlikely after all we've seen over the past season plus but i don't know you know but yeah i'm, I'm with you same yeah. way and i want to see him yeah. cut down on the penalties good group. Yeah. yeah like i want to see at least maybe less than 10 penalties i want to see them if they put up 60 something against mercer last year i want to see them at least get 50 by halftime if they can just to see something just to see this just uh, to show just, i just don't know if this is that often i'd be I all right more than like 50 for the game i'd but. be all right with 24 in the first half and like <laughs> one penalty if, if they get 24 in the first half against southern i would be really worried let's be honest like well, it's as bad as this offense look they should get at least 30 by halftime right well i mean we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> and they scored 15 last week i mean they should have scored we were talking about it yesterday they 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 probably should have scored at least 24 27 points yeah in that game saturday well that was one of the big things they left haven't a bunch of about. points like, on the board they could have that game could have been a Over. two touch yeah they could have ended that game in half through the third quarter yeah, if right, they right. wanted to and they kind of they they let Ole miss hang around <laughs> and it almost cost it almost bit him in the butt but adam williams I mean that decision. I, I thought that decision, Michael Rell's decision to punt in that situation where they pinned him back on the two was was. Well, what's fascinating is he decides to punt there, but then exactly to close the game, he goes for it. And I asked and him it, about it, and he just made a joke. Yeah, you know, whatever. But like, I thought that was a key decision. I mean, he had been going for how many times did they go for it on fourth down. How well, many fourth down conversion attempts did they, they have? They had five. So they, they went for it on fourth down five, five times. times. They converted three of them. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, he'd been going for it on fourth down the all day. Smiles here in Memphis. <laughs> he's been going for it on fourth down all day, and in that moment, he decides to to punt it, to kick it, and in the very next play ends up being a great decision. Bryce Huff, you know, you know, makes a makes a play. It's and, fascinating because he's had you know these power five games. He hasn't had a lot of success. He beat UCLA, but other than that, he's lost two bowl games against power five teams. They lost to Missouri last year. Um, he lost to Ole Miss his first year, so um, so this was, is just his second win over a Power Five team. I think he beat Kansas his first year as no, well. That was, so that just was his 15. second. That was fifteen. So just his second win over a Power Five. Team. No, I yeah. think he also beat Kansas. So still just a second. Yeah, first win over, win over third third win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're okay. I'm joking you. about uh, <laughs> the J. I'm throwing um, some shade at the Jayhawks. Sorry. Yeah. So it was you know he had a good day. I think overall. I think some people were unhappy with some of the play calling early on third and fourth down like he was they were going you know throwing wide receiver screens and stuff like that but i think that's just people complain about that but a lot of that stuff is reads it's not mike calling a play it's the way the defense is lined up and maybe it's a sign that defenses are catching on to it and they're showing something pre-snap and changing post-snap but his offense is built on reads and if the quarterback sees something he is instructed to essentially check out check out and go to a wide receiver screen or a handoff or whatever um and so it's not necessarily mike calling the play it's just that is a foundation of his offense is if you see a one-on-one if you see if you see something that indicates demonte coxie is in a one-on-one matchup outside you're supposed to check into something to get him the ball in space so he can go make a play right um And now what I think Ole Miss did is they showed stuff pre-snap that wasn't necessarily – like a couple of those conversions that didn't work, Ole Miss was showing something pre-snap that was different than what they were actually doing once the ball was snapped. Right. So that's something they need to maybe look at and adjust moving forward. Um, We shall see. Um, So no one here predicting a, a loss to Southern, I assume. Except for the Battle of the Bands. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I don't know. The mighty sound of the South. You know, we'll see. Don't, I think you're discounting them. I'm not discounting. I'm actually praising Southern. I'm saying, look, Memphis's band is cool. They've done they're they're fun to listen to. But we're talking about like the LeBron James of bands here. This yep. is like the they're going to, this is a true power five opponent in the band world. I, I believe this so. This is an unwinnable halftime. It's a nice show, good job, good effort, but well, I got I got Mighty Sound of the South against the spread. <laughs> Okay. They'll do a couple of good songs, and then Southern <laughs> fan will be like, all right, this is what we're here for. Yeah, when I saw them a, a few years ago at Southern Miss, they actually performed together. Um, they like, Oh, maybe we'll get one of those. Oh. They, performed, they performed separately, and then they performed together. So, so, the, so it's not like Drumline, where like the bands hate each other. No, 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 no it no, might no. be more collaborative. But well, I, the Sound of the South is going to be happy. I mean, like Mighty Sound, mighty of, sound the of the South. South. Sorry. No, it was, if it was anything like uh, the Southern Miss uh, game – you know, the band is is uh, they're they're like you know impressed. They're 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 happy that that they're happy to see what you know what's other what the, the who knows maybe I might leave the press box and go watch from the seat somewhere. I, I we all should because it's that good. Yeah, I mean we should carve out some time. I mean this is the first time they played Southern, so we might as well make it worth first SWAC opponent in Memphis history. Did I read that right? I believe Memphis so. Memphis has never played a SWAC team before. I, guess. I, I, yeah. read, I thought I read that somewhere. That's, I believe yeah. so. 
So another another nugget. a good regional game, if you will, as Mike Norvell might call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, we will have plenty of coverage leading into the game and during and during the game and after the game at commercialappeal.com. Uh, we'll see if Memphis can move to two and zero. We'll see what the mighty sound of the South is able to do against this tough, tough Southern crew. The human jukebox. Yeah, the human jukebox. Um, but we'll be back next week on the podcast. Till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Evan and Jason. Get ready for the Battle of the Bands. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.